Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well this morning. Happy uh, Sunday. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. How many of you are Seahawks fans? Oh, gosh. Wow. The West Coast really is far away, isn't it? Okay. How many of you are Seahawks fans? All right. All right. There we go. There's like four. Okay. How many of you are Denver fans? It's going to be everybody. Oh, boy. How many of you could care less? <laughs> I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan, so I'm wallowing in my misery today. Anyway, I um, hope you are doing well today. I'm so glad that you are here and that you've joined us. Uh, we're in a, the last part in a series, a four-part series uh, today, and I'm very excited about today. By the way, for those of you I don't know, my name's Todd. I don't think I introduced myself at the beginning. My name's Todd. For those of uh, you I don't know, I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, we are in part four of a four-part series that we've entitled Game Plan, and I uh, want to give a special welcome to those of you who are joining us via our podcast. Podcast as well. Uh, just uh, want to encourage you to go back and listen to these uh, these messages. Uh, this is kind of a, a series that builds on each other. Uh, we have been talking about God having a game plan for certain areas of our lives, and I want to let you know that this whole series kind of birthed in the summer for me as I began praying about what God would have for us as a church at the beginning of the new year, I felt like he was leading us to do something, and I've never done this before, something that centered around New Year's, New Year's resolutions, new goals for the new year, and that sort of thing. Um, but I didn't want it to be the norm. I didn't want it to be kind of the normal, uh, average New Year's message or message series, because I don't know about you, but I, I have times in my life where if I set a resolution by February 2nd, <laughs> I've already broken a few of those, at least one of those. And so I wanted and I felt like God was leading us to do something that was centered around the idea of having a game plan for those goals and those resolutions, not just resolutions on a piece of paper. You know what I'm saying? And so I felt like God was leading us to do that because here's the point. The Bible has a lot to say about planning. It does. The Bible has a lot to say about us having a plan for our lives. And it in fact says that God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. And so in this particular series, what we've done so far is we've looked to God's word to find out what he says about four different areas of our lives. We talked in week one about our physical bodies and having a game plan for our physical bodies. And we've all gotten into shape over these last three weeks, right? All right, good. So uh, in week two, we talked about having a game plan for our spiritual lives. You might call it your faith journey. You might call it uh, your spiritual development or your walk with God. We talked about having a game plan for that area of our lives and what the Bible says and what God's Word says about that. Last week, we talked about finances. Ooh, that was fun, wasn't it? We talked about having a game plan for our finances. And do you know God's Word has more to say about money or giving or possessions than it does any other subject in all of God's Word, including the subject of love? Isn't that amazing? So, God's Word has a lot to say about it. Today, we switch gears and we talk about having a game plan for serving others. Now, today is going to be different. And if it's your first time in church, this, uh, this, is going to be, this isn't like the norm of what our church services are and probably many others. And for those of you who attend church a lot, 
this is probably going to be a lot different than what you may be used to. Because what we're going to do after I'm done kind of walking through the biblical basis of what we're going to talk about today, we are actually going to spend a few minutes talking about what a game plan is for each one of us individually in terms of serving each other. I love it when people come up to me at the beginning of the year and they're like, my resolution is to become a better person. Like, what does that mean? Better in what area? And I think kind of the sentiment of that usually has something to do with they want to be better, like they want to be less selfish and more others focused, or maybe they want to serve better. And so today's message drives at maybe that desire. Maybe those of you who say, just want to be a better person. I want to be less focused on me and more focused on others. And so today, before we dive into God's word, um, would you join me in a word of prayer? And let's ask for God's blessing on our time together here this morning. God, we thank you so much for all that you're doing in the life of Hilton Head Island Community Church, God, and for what you're doing on this island. I, I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to do an amazing work. And God, today, on February 2nd, I pray that you would guide us. Holy Spirit, may you guide us into wisdom and into truth and into knowledge, not from man, but from you and from your word. And God, I pray that everything that's said and done, I pray that everything that is thought and even suggested today, Father God, I pray that it's pleasing to you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would keep our minds focused on what you want us to learn today. May you pierce our hearts, and God, may you change us from the inside out. I pray for those who walked in today with large distractions. God, problems to be solved, challenges to be overcome. I pray that you would guide them and be able to help them to be able to focus on what you have to teach them today. Guide our time together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I got my first real job. How many of you, if you're adults in here, how many of you remember your first real job out of college? You remember your first real job? And it's a little bit hard for me to remember because it was a long time ago, but I got my first real job in the fall of 1995. I got a job with a company called Milner Business Products out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I was selling telephone systems to businesses. And I, I grew up in a sales home, so I, I knew what sales was all about. Um, I, I really wasn't real excited about the job, if I were honest with you, but I, was, I had been a pre-law major in my undergrad degree, and if you're a pre-law major and you don't end up becoming a lawyer, you know what you do in life? <laughs> Sales or nothing. <laughs> so anyway, you really don't do much with a pre-law degree. I guess you end up becoming a pastor. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I had a pre-law degree, and I really didn't know what was going on in my life, and I was kind of in that wayward period of my life. And God allowed me to get a job um, selling telephone systems. And so I showed up to work on day one, and they gave me a bag. It looked like a giant gym bag, like an oversized gym bag, and it was about 40 pounds. Um, it had a sample telephone system inside it. And that's what I had to do. I had to put that thing over my shoulder with a suit on and uh, walk around and try to sell this to businesses. And I was just thrilled about being able to do this. Um, so in week one, what they did, though, for those of us who were new to sales and new to the telephone business is they sent us on a trip to Atlanta and they sent us to sales school. 
And in week one of sales school, we went to week one, and then we came home and kind of continued the process a little bit. But we learned all about sales. We learned what it meant to, you know, do a presentation, and we knew what it learned what it meant to get an appointment with someone who is a decision maker. And we learned all the techniques that many of you in marketing and sales have probably learned over the years. And so then we flew back on a Friday and the next Monday rolled around and um, they decided that they wanted us to practice some of this. So for the next week we did role playing. So there were some of us that were like, the, you know, the customer, and then there were some of us that were the sales rep, and so we kind of did some role-playing, which if you're in sales, if you've ever done anything like that, is incredibly awkward, but you learn it. And so by about, about, by about week two or three, those of us who were kind of in the same class together, we felt really confident, like, give me the bag, give me my telephone system, let me go make some money. And so they sent us out, and we were living, Cynthia and I were living in Fort Lauderdale at the time, and my territory went from basically just a little bit north of Miami to West Palm Beach. It was this huge territory, and the instructions were this, go out and sell. <laughs> like, here's your phone system, you've been trained, good luck. And that's kind of how they sent us out. And I remember week one, I remember making appointments, and I remember going in and making presentations and showing them all the things that, that the uh, phone system does and, and what it can do better than the other phone systems and that sort of thing. And I remember being so excited. And you know what that week produced, week one, of being in sales? Nothing. And week two, I did the same thing. I got appointments. I was so excited. I met with decision makers. I did my presentation. You know what week two produced? Nothing. And I did week three. I did all the things that I learned in my training. And I learned a lot of knowledge. I learned a lot of knowledge about how to sell this particular phone system. You know what I did in week three? Nothing. I was three weeks in and it was compl a complete disaster. And I was making no money for my family. So I asked my boss, Mark. I had a great boss, my first boss in this job. I said, Mark, I need to go out. I need you to go out with me, and I need you to critique me, so I need you to do a ride-along, and I've got three appointments set up for this day, and he jumped in the car, and he rode along with me. And we went to the first two appointments, and he critiqued me in the car afterwards. I didn't get the sale. And on the third one, I, I, I said, you know, I really feel like I'm failing here. And he goes, well, I'll tell you what. In this one, he says, Mark says to me, he says, why don't you let me show you how it's done? I'm like, that's great awesome. 15 years of experience. He knew everything about the system. He knew everything about the industry. And he went in and in one hour meeting, he got a sale. And he said, Todd, I'll, I'll do this for as long as you want me to do this, as long as you watch and as long as you learn. And you see all the training in a classroom that I did for all of those weeks did nothing compared to when I went out with him and I watched him do it. Are you with me? Like I got to see him in action. 15 years, he actually walked through that whole system, didn't even tell a white lie once and got the sale. It was impressive. I was so impressed. And he, and he knew what he was doing and I got to watch and I got to learn because he modeled what it meant to sell. Sometimes when we think about church and when we think about serving, 
when we think about being involved in helping people, in helping others with their lives, in being a part of a church community and playing our part, sometimes we can know all the information we want. We can know the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, backwards and forwards. We have verses that we may have memorized. We may completely understand every, every little nuance of Scripture. But if we don't see something modeled, sometimes it's hard for us to really understand it. I want you to hear something this morning. When it comes to serving others, Jesus was the greatest model that we could ever have. It's point number one in your notes. If you have your notes, you can follow along this morning. Jesus modeled how we should serve other people. He modeled it. He gave us a great example. It's in your notes. You received them when you walked in. In fact, today, a little bit different today, you received two different pieces of paper. The one is our notes, and that's what we're going to be on for the next few minutes. And then we're going to skip over to this other one here in a few minutes. But Jesus modeled ministry. In fact, his whole ministry, the three years of his ministry, was a very public ministry. He did miracles in public. He served people in public. He helped guide people in their lives in public. He healed people in public. He did public ministry not to bring himself pride and not to bring himself glory. He says he did it to bring his Father in heaven glory. But he did it also because he modeled it for us. You see, we don't even have to look past Jesus to understand what it means to serve others. He served others all the time. One of those most poignant times when he served others was the day before his death on that cross. It's interesting, in Jerusalem of that day, everyone was coming into Jerusalem the week of Passover. They were there in Jerusalem to celebrate the fact that God had delivered the whole nation of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. And they came together to celebrate. And one of the meals that they had that was a celebratory meal about God's deliverance of the nation of Israel was the Passover feast. And so Jesus gathered his closest disciples together and he told them to go to a specific house in Jerusalem and to ask this man of this house to have them meet in an upper room. And Jesus gathered with his disciples. John talks about this in John chapter 13. He gathered with his disciples, those people who were his closest followers, and they celebrated the Passover meal, the Passover feast. But before the feast started, before one sip of wine was drunk before one ounce of food was eaten, Jesus did something that was absolutely stunning to these men, these 12 disciples. He knelt down and he washed their feet, didn't he? Many of you know the story. He knelt down and he took a bowl of water and a towel and he washed their feet. And what would happen today if you walked in here and someone greeted you at the door and said, hey, welcome to Hilton Head Island Community Church. So glad you're here today. Why don't you take your shoes off? I'm going to wash your feet. Awkward, right? <laughs> like we don't do that in our society, do we? But in our society in 2014, it would probably be a little more acceptable than it was back then. I mean, we have shoes and we have socks and we have technologically advanced soap that keeps down odors and cleans well. This was 
pre-first century, right at the beginning of the first century, they wore sandals everywhere on their feet. And you know what they wore on their feet when they didn't have their sandals on? Nothing. They would have walked in that day to that upper room and their feet would have been calloused, probably blistered from walking all those miles that they did just in the normal course of life. They would have been covered with dirt and with sand and maybe with grass. And Jesus, the one who came to die for our sins, knelt down and he began to wash the feet of his disciples. And in doing so, he modeled what serving others is all about. John records Jesus' words in John 13, 12 through 14, when he's done Jesus says this, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments, that was a signification that the meal was about to begin. He resumed his place and he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? He says, you call me teacher and Lord and you are right for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher has washed your feet, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Do you get that this morning? That Jesus was modeling what servanthood was all about. He didn't have to do this. This wasn't a part of the normal process of the Passover feast. This wasn't some kind of religious process at the time that Jesus had to perform. He did it willingly, and he did it to demonstrate that there's no one who's above serving other people. Jesus gave us the greatest model when it comes to serving others. But secondly, we have already been given, and we have to realize this, that we have already been given the talent and the gift and the ability to serve others. I want you to realize that not only do we have Jesus as a model for serving other people, but each one of you, if you are a Christ follower, have been given a gift to serve that is a gift that is specially fashioned for you. The Bible tells us that when we become a Christ follower, that the Holy Spirit indwells us. And at that point in time, we receive gifts and abilities that are given by God's Holy Spirit to serve our church and to serve the community around us. And so some of you may say, yeah, Todd, I just don't have the gift to serve. Well, if you are a Christ follower, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I've got some maybe bad news for you. You can't use that as an excuse anymore. Because each one of us, if we're a Christ follower, each one of us have been given gifts to use for the body of Christ and to reach our community. Each one of us have been given gifts. Some of you may have other excuses like, well, I don't know really how I'm gifted to serve. That's understandable. That's a whole other thing. We're going to talk about that, and I hope that you'll find that today before we leave. Some of you may say, I've never found that out. Today, after today, you won't have that as an excuse because you're going to find an area that you're gifted. There are other reasons that we don't serve. One of them may be that we take our gifts and we apply them, we misapply them, we apply them in a self seeking way. Here's an example. We find out how God has gifted us, and we get more excited about that helping our vocation than it does helping the body of Christ. 
I, I, I've done this before in my life where I've been excited because I've realized that God's gifted me in a certain area and I thought, well, that can help me in my career. That can help me in this path, this you know, scholastic achievement that I'm trying to accomplish or it can help me in some kind of career achievement. I want you to hear something this morning. The gifts that God gave you are first and foremost to be used to glorify him by serving others. Those gifts that he has uniquely crafted you with, doesn't matter what age you are, students, if you're a Christ follower, you've been given a gift. And God expects you to use that gift for his service. So we have a lot of reasons why we may not serve God, and sometimes it's because we place our gifts on ourselves, and we're selfish with our gifts. We seek ourselves with our gifts and not Christ. God is clear that he wants us to serve others with our gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve whom? One another. Say it with me again. To serve whom? one another. You see, God has gifted me to serve my church. He has gifted me to serve my community. He has gifted me to serve my family, but he has also gifted you to serve your church, and he's also gifted you to serve your community, and he's also gifted you to serve your family. He wants you to take your gifts. He wants you to find your gifts and apply them not to yourself, but to him by serving other people. That's why he gave you those gifts in the first place. So we first must understand that Jesus modeled service. When we get discouraged, we can look to him to find the encouragement that we need because he modeled it so well. And secondly, we have gifts that God has given us. And thirdly, the church, in fact, Hilton Head Island Community Church, is most effective when everyone serves with their unique gifts and abilities. The key word in that statement is everyone. Each of us who are part of this church family, whether you're a member or whether you're a regular tender, serving each other. You see, we were created to serve and we were fashioned to serve in a very unique way. Your gifts are different than mine. My gifts are different than yours. Not one of us is created alike, just like a fingerprint. Not one is created as the same as the other. We each individuals and we each have unique gifts but God fashioned those gifts to be used in the church and when we all are working in one direction in one accord as a church then we will be most effective but there are some of you who haven't found your gift or may not be serving for whatever reason we need you to serve we need you to find your area of gifting, and we need you to serve because when you do it and when we all do it, that means that we as a church are more effective. You see, when those of you who are out there who aren't serving, who haven't found your area of gifting, aren't serving, we as a church are less effective. The Bible speaks very clearly that we are to work as one body. Paul, the Apostle Paul, when he's talking about some of these spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, kind of sums that up when he says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are how many bodies? One. One body. 
serving in Christ Jesus. So it is with Christ. You see, when we serve, we don't do this as an individual part of ourselves. We do it as, a, as an extension of the family of God. And we together make Hilton Head Island Community Church or whatever church, if you're not from here, whatever church you attend, probably in Columbus, Ohio, you make it better when you're serving together. And I believe that the Bible speaks of this. I believe that Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, speaks of this because he wants those of you who aren't serving to serve, but he also wants those of you who are serving with pride to realize that you need to be humbled in your service. Here at Hilton Head Island Community Church, um, we, we really go to the Word of God to find our structure. And so we have elders that are overseers, spiritual overseers of the church. They also protect the church. We have a staff who runs the day-to-day -day business, makes many of the business decisions for the church under the authority of the elders or under the spiritual care of the elders. And then we have ministry leaders. Some of you are ministry leaders who serve in the church and you're leading a ministry. And then there are volunteers, just kind of rank and file volunteers, all of you who are serving in whatever area. But even though we have that hierarchy and even though we have that structure, because we have to, because God's word says it and because it drives it order, even though we have that, not one person in that structure is more important than the other when it comes to service. Are you with me? You see, those of you who work in Island Kids and change diapers week in and week out, you're no less important than me standing here on this stage. No less important. Those of you who serve in our parking lot in the summer when it's 100% humidity and it's about 95 degrees every Sunday in the summer, your service is no less important than someone who's an elder, who's helping make decisions for the church. We all are equal in terms of our service to the church. And so we as a church need to find, individually we need to find how God has gifted us, the makeup that God has given us to then go and serve the church. And there are several different factors that apply. And today, I want to invite each one of you to find out how God has gifted you. I want you to take this second form that we gave you when he came in today. It's on cardstock. It's a personal, personal ministry evaluation form. And we're going to spend the next few moments together filling this out. If you don't have one of these, I, I want to make sure that you get one. And Ryan and, and some of our guest service folks, Dave's over here, they're going to pass them out. Just raise your hand if you don't have one of these. I know this is a lot different than we normally do in church, but if you don't have one of these, raise your hand. I want to make sure you get one over here, Dave. I want to make sure that you get one of these. We've come up with this ministry evaluation, personal ministry evaluation, to help from a 40,000-foot view to help you move forward in discovering how you're gifted to serve God. And so this is a 40,000-foot view. It is not exhaustive. Do you hear me? You cannot send the email if you're like, hey, this is not an in-depth spiritual gifts test. I know that. You, I'll save you from the email, okay? I promise you. This is not exhaustive, but this will help you get an overview of how God has gifted you. It will also help us as a ministry staff to be able to let you know how you're gifted and help you get plugged in 
to a ministry area. I'm going to walk you through this form. You can take a pen and begin to fill it out as I'm talking. You're not going to offend me, I promise. And if you don't get done, a lot of the folks in the last service just stayed around and continued to fill it out. We're fine with that as well. We want to help you. Now, at the end of the day, when we're done with this, over the next five or ten minutes filling this out, I want to encourage you on one thing. Don't take this home and stick it in your Bible or leave it in your car. Turn this in. And what we're going to do is we're going to take all of these evaluation forms, and over the next week we're going to evaluate it, and we're going to send you an email that will let you know where you're gifted and where we think you can best serve Hilton Head Island Community Church. Okay, let me walk through this real quick. The front page where your name and email and phone go, this drives at spiritual gifts. And we've given you four general categories for spiritual gifts. Number the categories below from one to four, with one being the category that best describes you. Okay? So one is the best, how it best describes you. Four is the what? Least. I just want to see if you're tracking with me. I don't think you are. One is the best, four is the least. Two and three go in between. Okay, all right, okay. Um, so just mark on here what area best fits you. Are you best at serving others? Do you feel successful when you use your hands to accomplish a task? Do you find great joy in doing something tangible to show that you care about others? Or do people closest to you say that you're a helpful person? If you're more that than the others, mark down number one for serve. Under share, if you feel fulfilled in life when you have time to study and read, find great joy in sharing what you've learned with others, the people closest to you might say that you're a good leader. Listen, if you study God's word and you're like, I have to tell someone, I have to tell someone, then maybe you're a person that wants to share. If you loved going overseas on a missions trip and you loved sharing with the kids in Belize about Jesus, then you probably have some gifts that fall into the share category. The next one is care. I feel very fulfilled when I have time to spend with those people I love. I find great joy in being able to speak words of encouragement to others. The people closest to me say that I might be a comforting person. If you're that kind of person, then you're probably going to be a great candidate to like lead a small group or, or to help lead a group of people through a certain situation that they may be going through. The last one there is lead. If you feel very successful when you set and reach goals in life, if you find great joy in organizing and be a part of a process, or the people closest to you might say that they're a good leader, you'd mark down number one would be lead. Okay, here's how mine went, just to give you an example. My first one came out care. Are you ready for this? My second one came out lead. My third one came out share. The least one is serve. <laughs> Aren't you encouraged to know that your pastor came out least on service? Okay. <laughs> you can have fun with that. It, it may, that doesn't mean that I don't like serving. That just may mean that I have other areas that I'm better gifted at. Do you get that? Are you with me? Does that make sense? Okay, on the back, on the other side, and I realize some of you are still filling the front side out. That's okay. Circle one statement in each line that best describes you. This is going to drive personality. And here, those of you who have taken personality profiles, don't try to figure this out, okay? I, I know some of you. You're going to want to try to figure it out. You're going to want to try to trick us and get what you want to, it to be. You want to get the answer you want it to be. Don't try to do that. We've mixed them up, so you can't do that. Circle one statement in each line that best describes you. I'm energized by having time alone, or I'm energized by being with others. Like if you say, hey, I'm going to go home and watch the Super Bowl by myself today, 
then you would mark the first one. You'd circle the first one, okay? If you, you like parties, you're going to put the second one. And listen, if you're torn on these, go with your gut feeling. For instance, I love time by myself. I love to have time by myself. I'm energized by that. But I'm also energized by being with people. I'm a little more energized by being with people, so I marked that one, okay? So this is just a ballpark evaluation. Secondly, I make decisions easily or I need time to make decisions. <laughs> There'll be a lot of elbow poking with husbands and wives on that one, I'm guessing. I, on that one, I marked, it takes me time to make decisions. My, the elders and the staff know it takes a long time for me to make a decision on something. It does. My family knows that very well. Number three, I do my best when there's routine or I do my best when, best when my day has variety. Number four, I love this one. This is awesome. I don't mind conflict if it'll solve a problem or I avoid conflict at all costs. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I put on that one. Okay, number five, because I'm afraid of the conflict. Okay, number five, I find it difficult to express how I feel or it's not difficult for me to express myself. Fill that out. It's going to drive at your personality. We'll give you the results when we send you the email. We're also going to use it to help put you in the right or give you a suggestion for the right ministry area. The last part drives at, at passion or heart. What are you passionate about? What kind of things are you passionate about? Number one, if you knew that you couldn't fail, what is one thing that you would do? What are the next two words there? For God with your life. Like if the for God part wasn't there, I would say I want to play in the PGA. You know, I want to be a professional golfer. But that's not going to help God, and it certainly isn't my gifting. So anyway, so I wouldn't put that. If you knew that you couldn't fail, what is one thing that you would do for God with your life? Answer that very quickly. No, I'm just kidding. Take your time on that one. Number two, these three things motivate me the most. I love to what do you love to do? Do you love to work? Do you love vacation? <laughs> Does vacation motivate you? Does money motivate you? Does influence motivate you? Is there a hobby or an athletic thing that motivates you? This is wide open. Do kids motivate you? Children. Does seeing people come to know Christ motivate you? This doesn't have to be spiritual, but for some of you, it may drive at something spiritual. We want to keep these open-ended. What are three things that motivate you the most in life. And then finally, number three, in my opinion, here are three things that I feel that I'm really good at or show a natural ability to do well. What are you good at? Are you good at motivating people? Are you good at teaching God's word? Are you good at going out into the community and meeting a need? What kind of things are you good at? Are you good at communicating? What are you good at? What are some things? And again, it's a little bit open-ended, and we're going to use this to help, to help point you in the right direction in terms of your area of being gifted for ministry and serving others. Secondly, I want to draw your attention, and some of you are still filling that out, and that's fine, but I want to draw your attention to the bottom half of your notes. Go back to the other page. The bottom half of your notes has some areas where some of you who already know your area of gifting, you already know how God's made you, you just need to get involved. 
And so we've lift, listed several areas where you can get involved. The first one, Sunday guest services. Ashley Carson is our guest service director. If you can smile and shake a hand and be nice, you can serve in our guest services area. Hospitality, greeters, the folks out in the parking lot. If you can do one of those, you could serve in that area. Contact Ashley Carson and get involved. Do you like having fun with kids, mentoring kids, and helping out during the week? Abby Rusher would love to have your involvement in Island Kids, and it doesn't have to be teaching. It doesn't have to be teaching. In fact, we have a curriculum called Orange that does the teaching for us. If you want to help out with kids, get in touch with Abby. Middle school and high school students, Cody Hensley, our student pastor, he's here in the back. If you are passionate about kids or helping kids, or maybe, maybe you went through a crisis when you were a teenager, you're like, man, I could help some kids. I could help be a small group leader for some of our small groups and life groups in our student ministry. Get in touch with Cody. Let him know how you can help. Let me also pause for a moment and tell you that in, in a few weeks, in a month, we have less than a month, in three weeks, we have something coming up called D-Now, Disciple Now. And we're calling it Pause. And it's a three-day event. It's a three-day event going on February 21st through the 23rd where your students will stay overnight in a home. We've done all the background checks on all the people that are going to be helping with this. They're going to be staying at a home, same gender, same age range, and they're going to be studying the Word of God. They're going to be meeting together here. They're going to be meeting together and, and having a concert on Friday night and on Saturday morning and Saturday night. It is going to be a fantastic weekend. And if some of you are passionate about students and want to help Cody out, I know, don't you, Cody, you could use their help. And listen, parents, I want to talk to you for a second. A few weeks ago, I talked about you leading your kids spiritually. This is one way you can lead them spiritually. Make sure that in the midst of all the athletic events and school events that you carve out this weekend for your students to be here. This is an important time in the life of our student ministry. And Cody is so excited and he's leading this well. It's going to be a fantastic time. So be looking out for information on that. The administrative team, Marie Pastilli, our office manager, she could use your help organizing and assisting with general office tasks. And then finally, one community, Carrie Beck. We've got an event coming up in April where we're going to be serving our community together. And if you are passionate about getting out there and serving others and serving with some of our community partners, let Carrie know. I know she could use your help. Listen, I, I, I want you all to put your pens down for just a second. You can continue in a minute. I know what some of you are thinking. I know that some of you are thinking, Todd, I do not need another thing. I really don't. I know Jesus modeled it. I know I'm gifted. I know that it helps us as a church be more effective. But man, I just don't need another thing. I'm running all over this island doing all this stuff. I just don't need another thing. But imagine what Hilton Head Island Community Church would be without those people who have gone before, who found their area of gifting and got involved. We would not be here today if it weren't for those pioneers who started early and served strong and are still doing it to this day. Why don't you be a part of that? Why don't in 2014 you make a commitment to find your area and serve and serve well, and help us be an amazingly effective church. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray a prayer of dedication. When we're done, we're going to see a video, and then when we're done, we're going to dismiss you. But if you want to sit around, that's fine, and continue to fill those cards out. At the end of the service, our guest service team, our greeters will be at the doors, and they will collect those. Please 
Turn those in, and we will be back in touch with you, okay? Let me pray a prayer of dedication for you today. Father God, thank you so much that your word has so much to say about us having a game plan. Not just for our physical bodies, not just for our spiritual lives, not just for our finances, but you have a game plan for each one of us that's unique, that helps the church be more effective. And God, I pray your blessing on those who today are going to make the decision that they're going to get involved and that they're going to use their gifts to serve others. Help them to find that area of gifting and help them, God, go before them even right now and prepare them to be able to serve others. May you be glorified by how we serve other people at Hilton Head Island Community Church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Check out the screens. Don't miss out on us as a church serving our community. Turn those evaluation forms in as you leave today. I want to encourage you to do that. Why don't you stand up this morning? I want to thank you, those of you who are part of the Hilton Head Island Community Church family, for your generous giving. Continue to give on your way out. You can give. You can also go online and give. And I hope to see you here next Sunday when we start a brand new series called Fearless Prayer. We're looking forward to it. Have a great week, everyone. See you next Sunday.